Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Doug, what's going on today? It's Monday. It is Monday, December 6th. It is my grandson's birthday today. Oh, nice. How old? Elliot McCary is, I think, seven years old. Wow, that's awesome. That's crazy, isn't it? Time flies, huh? Time just continues <laughs> to go. It continues to go. So I think he's seven. Lori will probably text me if he's six, but I think he's seven. Um, I think, Lori... You might want to text me and let me know if you're listening. Cause I <laughs> what year was he born? That's terrible. When you have eight kids, six grandkids, it's hard to keep track of them. And all. you're getting older. Hey, you didn't have to go meddling now. Anyway, hey, I am so glad you're listening this week. This is a great week. We are looking at um, really a practical uh, application of everything we've kind of been talking about in Acts. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. A lot, lot of stuff going on in the news. You know, have you been following what happened up in Michigan with um, the shooter up there? Wasn't it Michigan? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, uh, there's a lot happening that is really mind-blowing to me. Like the parents have, yeah. have, have been arrested, uh, or at least there were warrants for their arrest. Yeah, they've been um, arrested now, I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure. School officials are looking at getting arrested. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, they're saying that uh, they're actually looking at the school officials could be charged in the shooting um, because uh, that's that's crazy. Well, from what I heard, they were uh, doing restorative justice with, with the shooter, right? And so yeah. that's probably why. Um, and kind of the knock on restorative justice is that you're not punishing to the level of which maybe you should be for certain things. So I, I would wonder if there's something going on with there. I had not heard that about the, the officials though. Yeah. I, I, I just, uh, um, I, you know, I just was amazed cause I'm like, why would they charge the officials unless they did something? But, uh, whoa, is that you or me? That was you. Whoa. I don't know what's happening there. I think I got all my devices down. That's a problem when you have all these devices, but, uh, Anyway, uh, it says that it's possible they could face charges, and that was all they said. Well, uh, so the the shooter he had his gun in the backpack, right? Because they had a meeting. Uh, well, they met with the parents that day, and the shooter. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I guess the the, the uh, counselor had said maybe take him home yeah. and get get him some help within twenty four hours. The parents didn't want to do that. He was, so they, 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 they were they had concerns over a drawing where mm-hmm. he had been drawing something and some things that he had wrote or written and then the students uh the student they removed him brought him to the counselor where uh he claimed that the drawing was part of a video game he was designing and uh that he planned to go into video game design okay this is weird 
right. My computer is doing weird stuff because the sound's not even on on my computer. I, I don't it's, know if that's you. That might be uh, Steve over there. Steve, are you doing something on the computer in there? I heard something. I, did you hear it? Yeah, I heard it that's too. That's kind of weird. It's like beep, beep, beep. So uh, I don't know what's going on. This thing, this cue says it's on right here. Don't press that. Okay. Oh, okay. I got you. All right, folks, we're just here. Typical <laughs> Monday here at SWAT Radio. We're having fun. Hey, we did give away a lot of tickets, although I got an email. Uh, for you folks, I don't typically check my email over the weekend or my phone. I mean, that's usually my family time. But I was sitting around, and I got an email from some of the people up in Virginia said, hey, we can't get our tickets, we can't get our tickets. And I got it from some other people, and it was in their junk mail file. Oh. So you got to check your junk mail file. Uh, <laughs> I send those tickets out, and sometimes because you're not a regular SWAT radio email person, uh, when it comes from me and it has a image on it, we're so security conscious. Now, it's a good thing. The tickets sometimes go to the junk mail file. So we tried to give away tickets. I know some people went to see the movie. And uh, had a good time. So hopefully everybody got to see it. If you didn't, I apologize that uh, it got stuck in your junk mail. Yeah, that stinks. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about something, all these people that say uh, that we are basically good, you know, that Mm. uh, there's no such thing as uh, original sin in the heart. All you got to do is look at this Oxford, Michigan shooting. And um, and think about the fact that this young man just goes in and just starts, and he's calling people out to shoot him. You know, he was like, "Hey, come out, come out, come out," mm. and and would, and he was 15 years old, and he was given a gun by his parents. Now, listen, I will tell you, um, I I am an avid shooter. I'm an avid gun trainer. And uh, believe that guns are a tool like an axe or a screwdriver or anything else. Um, they're no more evil than anything. They're neutral. People are the problem. Guns are not the problem. And uh, I would never place a handgun in a 15-year-old's hands and let him have it to do what he wanted with it and keep it where he wanted it. That is not something I would highly recommend to anybody you keep guns away from people who are not legally able to own them uh, unless you supervise them. That's just the standard rule. And his parents bought a gun on Black Friday, and he had access to it, obviously, packed it in his backpack and uh, killed four of his classmates and wounded others. And, uh, and again, guns are going to be made to be the problem when it's not guns. That, that is not a gun problem. This young man was troubled, and you go, well, he probably wouldn't have done it with something else. No, he could have done it with something else. It may have been in a different environment, but uh, guns are not a problem. It is the fact that this young man went in and uh, really um, just did something evil. It was evil. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, is man born good or depraved? And I think people who are more likely to say that, you know, guns are the problem are the ones who think that, you know, we're all basically good and it's really, you know, society or circumstance that corrupt us. Um, and, and that's why they want to look to some, 
something to say, oh, that's why this happened and we need to do something about X, you know, in this case, guns, because, you know, there's no way he would have just done that on his own accord. And, and I think that that's also, you know, what keeps people from, uh, you know, uh, bowing to at least intellectually Christian, the Christian worldview, because they don't want to accept uh, that that part of morality. They want to think that, you know, there's something in themselves that can uh be redeemable you know well here's the timeline and parents i just want to say as a as a dad of uh, eight children and now uh, six grandchildren grandfather to six grandchildren as a parent you never stop being a parent we and now listen kids get older they turn adults uh, does your dad still speak to you in, in a counselor type role as a guy of wisdom to you even though you're 30 years old well yeah if i ask he yeah. yeah but if he saw you doing something not wise you think he would just go well taylor's a grown man i'm not going to say anything to him mm-hmm. with a dangerous weapon you oh. think he's something that would endanger somebody no you're still his son mm-hmm. i mean you're a grown adult yes but parents just that this kid's 15 and here listen here's what happened this is what they have uh, they have assessed so far uh, that one he tried to order ammunition online and was caught mm. he was using a school computer trying to order ammunition online uh his own mother said that she was not angry at him for breaking the school rules and most importantly she was wasn't angry for him trying to buy ammo online she said he needed to learn how to do so without being caught. That's now, what she said. Yes, that's a problem. <laughs> wow. that, that is called trying to help your children get out of consequences and get around things that are very uh, in place for their protection. Um, the teacher found this guy searching online for ammo, and the next day they found a note in his desk, and they said um, – he said, the thoughts won't stop. Help me. They brought him in, and the school officials met with him and his parents, and they informed him he needed counseling and that he needed to go home. But after his parents resisted bringing him home, they allowed him to stay in school. This is why they might get charged, because they never checked the backpack. They never checked anything. And shortly after that is when he fatally shot four other students. Um, didn't uh, didn't the mom text "Don't do it" at some point too? Probably. I I, I haven't heard that, but the fact that they didn't send him home, uh, he had access to a gun that his parents bought for him. Um, and they bought it for him specifically yeah. and then yeah. let him just have it. And it was it. fully loaded. Mm. And after his parents uh, persuaded the school officials to leave him in school, he went into a bathroom and came out with a gun. And I'll tell you that there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot comes on uh, that comes out after this about how people react. But it is not owning a gun that's a problem. It, the, the problem is that a young man should have never had access to that gun. He certainly shouldn't have had that gun at school and should not have been able to do what he did. And it's obvious from some of the things that were said that there were some parental 
uh, issues that needed to be worked through as well. So, but you know what's going to get blamed? We need to take guns away from people who know how to use them effectively and safely. And it's the way that story always ends. So, yeah, I would uh, think there might be more ramifications to come with that uh, as well. But we are up against the break, so we will be back with uh, with more in just a second. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts uh, this week, uh, talking about some of the principles to be applied through that. And if you're new to SWAT, we generally, in the first segment, we talk a little bit about the news uh, and what has been going on today. We talked a little bit about what was going on up in Oxford, Michigan, and the tragedy that uh, was unfolding there and kind of some of the, the revelations that have come out recently uh, about what happened and, you know, kind of shocking in, in some instances, I would say. Wouldn't you, Doug? Yeah, I mean, it is. And, you know, one of the things that uh, it really strikes me is the parental thing. And, you know, uh, there's something that uh, they, Al Mohler said today. By the way, uh, I want to ask people to pray uh, for um, for our uh, – friend don whitney who is a professor up at uh, southern the southern seminary up in uh, uh, louisville he is uh having some health issues and he wrote a book uh, about disciplines and uh, spiritual disciplines and really really good stuff and uh, just like to uh, ask our listeners to pray for him and his family today and 
just really, uh, I hope he's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. definitely keep him in your prayers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That just, um, I just, I got that message the other day. But I want to go back, Taylor, to the loss of discipline in schools. As a teacher, you probably see this. Um, kids know they're untouchable today. They uh, And h- how does this impact you as a teacher um, in the system itself? I mean, like I know you do some uh, online and Zoom stuff, but you, I know you're aware of it. How do you see it impacting the young people today? Uh, yeah, well, you know, teaching online is uh, definitely different, so I've been kind of removed from the classroom for a little bit. But uh, definitely um, the entitlement that you see and, and really that if, if a student, you know, makes an error, uh, you know, either behaviorally or let's say they are late turning things in, they know that not only the administration but their parents are both going to uh, find a way to make it okay for the student rather than, you know, taking that zero. Yeah. Well, the administration, they're going to tell their parent, the parent's going to call the administration, the administration is going to jump on the teacher's back to, hey, you know, find something to make this right. Either let the kid take it even though he missed uh, the deadline to turn it in, let him re- re- resubmit it uh, or something like that. And that just leads to, like you say, a sense of an entitlement. Um, and also really, uh, I would say some a- apathy, you know, yeah. uh you know your your actions don't have consequences, or you don't see the consequences of your actions uh, yeah. because of that. And that's been going on. You know, I'm sure it happened when I was in school, but because of how I was raised and stuff, I, I didn't experience it. You know, I, uh, you know, my parents were that first line um, of defense, I guess, to keep me on track. And I, I think that's a, another big issue as far as uh, the school system and stuff like that. It's really that uh, parents have removed themselves from the equation in a lot of ways. And if they do step in, it's in a negative light rather than in a light that is really going to help a student, um, develop character, uh, strong moral character. Well, I just, um, I think that we have got to, um, we, we've got to educate people, I think, uh, a little better on the impact that it's having on everybody. Um, you know, I think, um, uh, I think to, uh, to a certain extent, people are afraid to discipline in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. Would well, you agree with that? Yeah, and you know, it's like I say, it, it really is with the with the parents um, because you know you shouldn't really have any fear of disciplining your child. But there's the the idea that to to discipline your child is a bad thing, and your child should be your friend more than <laughs> you know that, that there's a clear dis- delineation between parent and child in that manner. But then when it comes to uh, the teachers, um, there's really there's no power to discipline in any way mm-hmm. um you just kind of gotta know how to play the game and, and and stuff like that and i remember my first year teaching i had a kid who <laughs> he just wouldn't stop talking and uh i didn't want to kick him out of the class and send him to the dean so i was like i told him to stand up and and kind of do an air squat or whatever <laughs> I was like you got too much energy yeah. i got in trouble for that i mean he stopped talking you know he just but uh he complained to his parents and uh, said he felt like he was being discriminated against this big white kid, but okay. And, uh, you know, I was trying to, I was a new teacher, didn't really know anything. And, but, uh, that is not something that would even fly. And obviously I learned better how to handle talkative kids and stuff like that as I, uh, got more into teaching. But my first year, man, I knew nothing. And I, I wasn't an education major or anything like that. So I was just trying to think, uh, you know, what would work for me as a kid and, 
a lot of the, those things, any sort of, um, uh, yeah, any sort of real discipline or anything to uh, institute a standard, couldn't do that. Even if it's something like um, that would be seen as uh, not even discipline, but something maybe that would be a benefit if, like, you're trying to get young men in particular to buy into class, if you create some sort of rank structure where, you know, they got some sort of authority to, you know, pass out papers or, or do whatever, they're like a team leader type thing and uh-huh. kind of try to structure it like that won't fly at all because that's um, seen as playing favorites rather than, you know, trying to instill discipline and things like that. So really there's not a lot you can do uh, as far as that, but there are, there, there are good, uh, techniques and tricks they teach you as uh, teaching yeah. to manage. But as yeah. far as to really in, instill in a, a student uh, a, a form of self-ownership, uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's not a lot. And, and really that goes into the way that uh, education is looked at, which is that a teacher uh, you know, gives out information to the student rather than is a student searching and trying to find information for themselves, right? And so that, that base level understanding of what it means to educate mm-hmm. leads to either a student uh, having that self-motivation or just depending on someone else to teach them. And I think a lot of what we do in the classroom is really going for the, uh, the latter rather than the former. Well, I think um, as, as you look at the, uh, as you look at the church itself, if we're having problems in the classroom, in the schools, we're probably also having cl- problems at church as well and when we get gathered to try to teach younger people yeah mm-hmm. um i think of Bodie bacham and some yep. of the stuff he writes in his books about raising up godly kids you know we i think we vastly underestimate the ability of young people to retain knowledge biblical knowledge and even the depth because they're a lot of them are add or a lot of them are are so stimulated by electronics today that we don't we don't really uh talk to them in ways uh uh, that would say hey you know most like jewish kids when years ago during the time of christ they were memorizing most of the torah which is the first five books of the bible by the time they were seven or eight well yeah first off we we have definitely infantilized children uh Mm -hmm. you know in adolescence um and adolescent adolescent eyes i don't know if that's a word adults (laughs) people who should be adults but um to your point there yeah we do uh you know coddle uh kids and if you look not even as far back as jesus's day but if you even look to the founding era the uh the type of education that was coming out then and and really there was a foundation of biblical principles that was the first thing they taught anybody but the way that they educated um was more about uh, a student taking ownership and responsibility and and what some of the things that they would get out of that was there's certain uh people who at seven or eight years old were ready to go to harvard but their parents were like ah you know what we're gonna wait till you're 12 like everyone else you know what i mean so they're, they're sending kids to you know what we would call college uh at you know, 12, 13 years old, and that was seen as a standard. Now, obviously, there's a difference in, you know, what you're learning and stuff like that, but if you look at what they were able to retain as far as uh, memorization, yeah, it was – children are more than capable uh, of retaining vast amounts of information. Uh, and if you look at the way that you – know, I'm getting off into a tangent, but if you look <laughs> at the way that we, we teach now, it was to go away from uh, memorization. This is going back to really – the turn of the, the last century is to move away from any sort of rote memorization and focus more on 
uh, interpersonal skills and social development, which uh, I would say it has not been helpful in the long run for the intellect of the populace. Well, I, I think uh, as we as we think about what we're doing on um, on acts, and as we go through this, and one of the lessons we can learn even from what's going on in the news is as as leaders, uh, and parents are leaders of family, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and so whether you're leading a ministry, whether you're leading a church, whether you're leading a a, a, a job, or whether you're leading your family. Um, Without accountability, uh, then my wife says this way, kids do what works. Mm. If, if, if they cry and manipulate and, and they do what they want and you always give in to their demands because you just want them to stop, they're going to keep doing that, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> excuse me, in the same way, we as people, as even as adults, we do the same thing. We talk about accountability out in the world, in jobs, in sports, in military. But when we get into the church, we don't talk a lot about accountability. Let's let's talk about this for a second. What do you think would happen if this Sunday, when you went into church, let's say you went to your church building and all the people in church are there, and as you walk in, the pastor had assigned elders at each thing, and first question they ask you walk in Hey, Taylor, how many people have you shared Christ with in the last week? Um, um, okay, none. Okay, um, and why do you think that is? And you go, well, that's none of your business. That's our thought process. It's like, why are you about picking on me? Do you understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We don't like accountability, but the church is the one place more than any place we should be accountable. Right? Yeah. I mean, like... Jesus didn't just say, okay, disciples, follow me, do what you want to do. (laughs) No, he was constantly testing them, constantly asking them and putting them in uncomfortable positions. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Acts, what we've been covering. And I hope that people will really go there with us in their mind and think about the things we're talking about. Awesome, yeah, so stick with us for sure. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you listening online wherever you are in the country or around the world. And we'd also like to give a shout-out to our local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten Glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be on your own Well, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Definitely is not looking like Christmas out there right now. Uh, in my mind, I'm from Indiana, so I'm used to it being cold, but it is beautiful outside. Uh, and, you know, that got me thinking, Doug, you, you think people who are from Florida, like if they were up somewhere for winter for Christmas, they'd be like, this doesn't feel like Christmas to me. 
Uh, no. <laughs> it, it, it feels like Christmas when it's snow or cold no matter where you are, I or, think. Or yeah. where you're from, right? Yeah. But, see, that's kind of how we grew up, right? So yeah. I would wonder if someone from Florida would be like, oh, no, that's that's not Christmas. Yeah, I I think that uh, for me, we, we, we spent Christmas one year. Somebody had uh, graciously allowed us to come stay in their um, – their condo or their they had a townhome up in new york right mm. off central park and it was really cool to uh go stay up there because it was snow and it was cold yeah yeah and we don't ever get that here <laughs> not in florida you just rarely get that down here so uh anyway it was good um so it was fun so i don't know uh but you know i um I want to go back to where we were before the break. We're talking about accountability and I I really, um, I want you to think about Luke. If Luke's purpose in writing acts was to document Jesus continued work through his Holy spirit empowered followers, what would Luke write about me today? If Luke was here, let's say Luke transported in time, same task, to talk about the continuing work of Jesus, what would he write about me as a spirit-empowered follower of Jesus? What would he write about you? I mean, think about that if you're out there listening. If Luke's recording how the church is continuing the work and you're part of that, what would he say about you? Think about the characters. Would you be mentioned in the same vein as uh, Stephen, who was willing to lay his life down? Um, maybe a Philip who was going everywhere telling people about the gospel, like a Lydia who was opening up her home and, and, and or, or the eunuch who was just saying, hey, I want to be baptized because I, I want to be a follower. Uh, would you be like a Simon? Simon the magician who was a false convert. You really wanted to manipulate Jesus for your own good and benefit. Would you be like Ananias and Sapphira? People that were maybe maybe his, we don't know if they were or not, but people who I think they were part of the church, mm-hmm. and that's why they were removed. But who would you be? I mean, that's a sobering question, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, one, too, that when you think about it, you think about what that would look like for uh, him to be here and now, and I, I, I don't know, it just, it, yeah, it's hard to think of how he'd be able to write about the church because it's so fragmented, right? You know, yeah. who, would, who would he, you know, you, you, the church in Jacksonville, what does that even even mean at, at that point? You know what I mean? It, yeah. it, it would, it just, yeah, it's just, it makes me think a lot of different things at the same time, but uh, definitely something that's convicting as far as if someone was there looking at your life, what would they be saying about you as, as it pertains to being a Christ follower is, is something I think that we should all reflect on and, and try to live as if someone is because we are surrounded by a cloud of many witnesses. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that uh, it's a sobering question, but let's go a step further. What work did Jesus tell his followers to do? So if if somebody, if Luke comes up to you and says, you're one of Jesus' followers, right? And you go, yeah. Uh, what What work are you committed to for him? What work did he tell us to do? Well, I think we have to go back to some verses in the Bible. Um, it's very clear, I think. Let's go to Acts 1.8. Just open that up. That's where we started all of this back in Acts chapter 1. And tell me, 
what Acts 1-8 says. Acts 1-8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in, 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 and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Mm. So what's the first work there? According, What's one of the works? Let's not say the first. We'll say what's one of the works? What does he say? You will be what? My witnesses. Well, so we have to be a witness. If we're a follower of Jesus, he wants to be a witness. And, you know, I've had people ask me, well, what does that mean, Doug? What does it mean to be a witness? Well, what's your favorite restaurant, Taylor? Uh, I don't know. I can tell you my wife's. Uh, I don't care about your <laughs> wife's. I'm asking you about yours. What, I just what's like your food. favorite food? Uh, what's your last meal? If you get one more meal. Maybe my mom's lasagna. Ah, uh, you said about that, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why is it good? Uh, I don't know. It's just the perfect blend, and probably there's a lot of memories attached to it. Have as you well. eaten it a lot in your life? Uh-huh. You yeah. like it every time, huh? Yeah. Is it the best lasagna you've ever eaten? Yeah. All right. Why is it better than, like, say, Olive Garden lasagna? Uh, Probably because it's my mom's, but I think... She has a better balance of meat to to sauce and and. Uh, okay, so you've just been a witness to your mom's lasagna. It's not complicated. Yeah, you've told what you ate, what you've experienced, what you've seen in it, right, and mm-hmm. how it compares to other things. That's what being a witness means. And so, when we are witnesses of Jesus, we can only tell what we see, hear, and experience in regards to Him. The problem for a lot of people in the West is they try to live a Christian life vicariously through other people's experiences. So they don't know how to be a witness of their own experience. Uh, They know about Jesus intellectually, but they don't witness for him. So that's one of the works. So when, when you think about the question, what work did Jesus tell his followers to do? One is to be a witness. Go to Matthew 28, 18. 28, 18. 28, um, and 27. All right. 18. You want me to read it? Yes. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, uh, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded to you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That was too far. That's okay. No, that's all right. No, that's good. So let's talk about what that verse said. So this is the Bible speaking. This is not me or Taylor. We're telling you what the Word of God says about what Jesus' followers should be doing. First is being a witness. Also, it says what in Matthew 28, 19? What does he say? Make disciples of all nations. Make disciples. Is that a work for Jesus' followers? Mm -hmm. Yes. Of all nations, that's all people groups. So that means that you don't just make disciples in your own group. You you go outside of your kind of people. It doesn't matter what kind of people are your people. We are to make disciples of all. Now, that may mean that you, you may not get on an airplane and ever go to Africa or India or Nepal. But you know what you can do to help? You can give money to people that do. You can pray for people that do. You may not ever get on an airplane, but your concern is for their discipleship, right? So make disciples, first of all. What's the second thing it says? 
uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Whoa. Have you ever baptized anybody? No. Yes. Yes, I have. You have? Yeah. Who'd you baptize? Uh... I don't know if you want to broach this. Oh, no, no, right no, now. no, no. Okay. No, don't, don't worry about it. Okay. All right. So, but the the point is we think only paid professionals are the ones to baptize. Mm-hmm. No. Do you know Matthew was baptizing people? Matthew, the tax collector. Yeah. Simon, the zealot. These are, these are not the, the, the head of the priest society. These are just everyday followers of jesus who are baptizing you go well i thought you had to be like a minister to baptize no it doesn't say that anywhere Mm -hmm. you know we are to go be baptizing people well why aren't we baptizing people well first people have to profess a belief in jesus to be baptized so so here's the thing so far being a witness making disciples and by the way making disciples is nothing more than mentoring a younger person in the faith, and not necessarily chronologically younger, just maturity younger in the faith. You may be mentoring an unbeliever, somebody who's not yet bowed their heart to Jesus. But it's mentoring, so we've got being a witness, we've got mentoring, we've got baptizing, and what's the the other thing? What came after that? Baptizing him in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and then what? Uh, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. Whoa, teaching. So that is the work of Jesus, teaching his word to other people. Moms, teach your children. Dads, teach your children. Teach your relatives. Teach your friends. Is it teaching, Taylor, if if I'm walking down the street and you say, man, you know what? I'm scared. A COVID, it scares me to death. Then I go, well, can I help you and learn not how to be scared? Or you, you, or you ever express faith in Jesus? Well, no, I don't even know it. I mean, I know he died on a cross and everything. And then you start explaining to him the hope that we have in Jesus. That's teaching. And so those are the things that is the work of Jesus. Are we continuing his work? So if we're not doing that, am I working through my own power? Or am I depending on the Holy Spirit? What did he say in Acts 1-8 for them to do? Wait until when? The Spirit power will come on me, and I'll do it. In John seven thirty seven, read that before we go to break. John seven thirty seven. I want you to read seven thirty seven thirty eight and 39, what it says about the work of, uh, of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in our life. Okay. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of the heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus had not yet uh, been glorified. It, is that? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And so what does he say? Anyone who cries out to me, he says, out of him will flow living water. Did he say you have to do anything to get that living water? Mm-mm. No, it's going to flow. See, evangelism, discipleship, those are all things that are overflow of our own love relationship with Jesus. But we have to drink deeply from him every day. 
So I hope that as we go to this break, you'll be thinking about that. And when we'll come back, we're going to finish up. And if you want to call in, you're welcome to join us. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts. Uh, well, we've been looking at Acts for quite some time, and, and today or today and this week we're going to be uh, going through and looking at some of the principles um, that we've learned so far in Acts. So if you have any questions or you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, um, you know, as we talk about this, I would like to um, finish up with this, and then people can call in for today. We talked about the work that Jesus told his followers to do, which are, let's recap, what was the first thing we said for Max 1-8? Oh, um, um. Be, what'd you do for the lasagna? Oh, be witness. Yeah, be a yeah, witness, okay. right? I was so thinking, for, I wanted now, to say yeah, disciple. No, 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 and I was like, no, no, that's the no, second no, one. I said, no, but the first thing is we're to be witnesses, yeah. right? We're to be a witness. Second is make disciples. Make disciples. Mm-hmm. Third. Baptize. Yeah, it? baptize. We go out, we baptize people, and we encourage people to be baptized. One of the things that strikes me funny is today you have to, uh, you got to go through like a, two-week baptism class mm-hmm. you have to write out a five-page application to be baptized they didn't do that yeah and do you know 
one other thing they that happened well one of the things that happened in scripture we see simon the magician you said last week was baptized mm-hmm. why why did they baptize a false convert because they didn't you know they were doing what god told them to do which yeah, is baptize they, believers yeah and, they didn't know he professed mm-hmm. yeah Whose job is it to sort out the false converts from the true converts? God's. Yeah, yeah, it's not ours. He does it. Did he do it? Of course he did. He will sort them out. If somebody professes you and they want to be baptized, you baptize them. But you don't need to wait 50 days. Hmm. Make sure. we got to make sure they're a true believer. No. No. You ba- If somebody expresses belief, the only requirement for baptism is belief. Mm-hmm. If you express belief, you baptize people. Why? Because it's in obedience with Christ's command. I know everybody's got a lot of opinions on that, but there you you can't find in Bible in the Bible no qualification except belief. That's it. So we should be baptizing, teaching them all to command, uh, teach them co- you know to follow the commandments. So. Here's the question that we leave here today with, and, and, and by the way, you can respond or people can call in. If I'm not doing Jesus' work, if we've described that as his work, and if i am not done that, what needs to happen, first of all, for me to start obeying him? What's the first thing that needs to happen? Repentance. Yes. We own it. We own our junk, and we say, Lord, I am sorry. I have not been obedient. I have not been a witness for you uh, either by fear or by preoccupation with other things uh, by not having it at the forefront of my mind um, I repent I own it second is we say I want to be different I want you to change me we don't just say I'm going to be better and I'm going to do it better no we say God I want you to change me the more listen I remember last week we were talking about your mom's lasagna there was a gleam that came in your eye. There was. There really was. If you were sitting here, folks, if you could see, when he started talking about his mom's lasagna, that a gleam came in his eye. Does that same gleam come in when we talk about Jesus? I mean, really, when you stop and think about it, when somebody brings up Jesus or do, if we bring it up, is it like, well, you know, I guess I got to talk about Jesus because that's what I'm supposed to do. Or do I get just as excited to talk about my king, my redeemer, the one who has given me life, who's given me everything, and I'm nothing without? We should be so excited to say, hey, you you know, sometimes I'll go and I'll pray for people, or sometimes I will give something to somebody, a gift, and I say, I'm just doing this for Jesus because I love him. He's done so much for me. I want people to know him, and I do this in his name. And I get excited. I mean, what? well, uh, I want to tell you about Jesus. And, uh, you know, you go through this uh, I have to kind of a thing. And, no, that's not the way we do it. First thing we got to do is repent. So then we identify what we need to repent of, and we own it. We say it to God. And then we move forward how? In faith. In faith. I was reading this morning, Taylor, in First John during my devotion time, and I'm always struck by this verse. I've read it. I bet I've read it a thousand times. I really have. But I'm always struck by it. When, when um, 
you know, he says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. This is 1 John 5, verse 4. For everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. Listen to that. If we have been born of God, in other words, if we've been born again in Christ, we overcome the world. There's no ambiguity about what God states in his word there. And this is victory that has overcome the world. This is the victory here, our faith. And so when we pray and confess our sin to God, we own our junk, our failure. We don't let Satan paralyze us by it. We just say, God, man, today I had an opportunity to share my testimony or be a witness for you, and I shrunk back. I was afraid. I was afraid of the people going to reject me. I was afraid I was going to be embarrassed. I didn't know how to talk about it, but I was afraid. Please forgive me. I don't want to be like that anymore. Just a simple prayer like that. And then when we move forward, we look with anticipation to that next time that we have an opportunity. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's what he calls us to do. So, Yeah, you know, I think it's um, uh, something that, you know, the, in evangelical church, it, it, it's different than or more difficult for people to grasp that maybe than it is in like a church that – uh, you know, some people might say isn't a church, but where works are more important, right? Yeah. Like, you know, look at the Catholic church or something like that. Um, you know, their theology is wrong, but they work because, oh, that's what, what you're supposed to do. But then when you kind of go, you know, with the, the uh, evangelical uh, faith, it's yeah. so, sometimes I, I think maybe the church just isn't talking about, you know, that, the, you know, what your faith should be producing. Yeah. Um, maybe because there's a fear of, oh, well, we're not, we don't want to talk about uh, that as if, you know, works is what leads to salvation because that's not what it is. Um, but that doesn't mean that there isn't things that we should be doing. And I think when we don't talk about that and kind of leave it out, it leaves people feeling confused and a little bit like, oh, man, you know, <laughs> we, you know what am I supposed to do with what I'm learning? Um, yeah, so I, I just was kind of thinking about that as far as uh, how different ways of looking at, um, you know, different theology leads to different outcomes and kind of different thoughts in that way. You know what I mean? Well, it does. But the bottom line is we, we should be people who are constantly repenting when we have our failures identify. Mm. First John, um, one nine says, if we confess our sin, he will forgive our sin. And you read that and you go, well, wait a minute. All my sins were forgiven on the cross, right? Mm -hmm. So why would he need to tell us if we confess? What he's saying there is if you, your sin eternally is wiped away the moment it happens Mm -hmm. from you, you're not penalized eternally for your guilt. I mean, for your uh, sin. But what happens is if you sin here now, which we all do, um, there's it's like a blockage in the line of the Holy Spirit, and you confess it, and that blockage is released. Yeah, the, yeah. There's a relational disconnect. That's and, correct. And, and if you don't confess it, it's like you're you know you've turned your back, right? And confession is turning back to God, and that's and, what it is. Yeah, trying to uh, again, you know, let Him know that you want to be in right relation with Him, and that you're. Uh, sorry for how you've hurt, you know, be, you know, been unfaithful. Yep. So hopefully that's been helpful for people. 
Um, you know, I, I know that it when we start talking about accountability, it makes people a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Because people don't want to be accountable. We don't like it in the spiritual realm for some reason. Yeah, and you know, you know, then when you think about the church as well, I and you know, you were talking about earlier about accountability in the church and you know, we're gonna run out of time, obviously we won't have enough time to talk about this fully, but it, it seems to me that there's a there's a, obviously a, a rub against one, that, but there's also the church isn't offering something, in, in my opinion, to make people want to buy in as far as a community. A community, because you know, there's accountability in a, a communal aspect of of living with people. Um, but if you're not offering any sort of buy in for people to really feel like they're part of something larger well they're gonna look at you kind of sideways if you try to have that accountability as well like who are you know why are you talking to me type thing and and i I think that that's something that you know we've kind of dropped the ball on in the last i don't know as long as i've been alive you know what i mean i I think people are thirsty for that connection um and if that connection is there then they're going to want that accountability as well you know what I mean? Yeah, I, 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 I think once people have tasted a, a love relationship mm-hmm. accountability, they want it. Yeah, it's only when it comes across as judgmental mm-hmm. that they rebel against it. But the first time, even in a love relationship, it's hard, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but we should be holding each other accountable. That's the only way we get better. Yeah, and you happen to grow together when you do that's, that as well. That's right. Yeah. All right, that's all the time we've got for today. You have been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening